Hey, Retention Pros. I'm Noah Rahim today, and I lead partnerships here at Malomo. I'm super pumped to continue to chat with ecosystem experts alongside Mariah, who you all already know and love. Say hi, Mariah. Hey, everyone. As you probably know, Retention Chronicles likes to bring in some of the best retention-focused brands in the Shopify ecosystem. But we don't just feature brands. We also feature some great thought leaders in the Shopify ecosystem that serve those brands. And because we always want these conversations to be fun, you'll hear us talk to our guests about what they're excited about and what's helped them get to where they are today. We hope you'll stick around to learn and laugh with us. Retention Chronicles is sponsored by Malomo, a shipment and order tracking platform improving the post-purchase experience. Be sure to subscribe and check out all of our episodes at gomalomo.com. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of Retention Chronicles. We're here today with Matt Bingham, the Director of Technology Partnerships at Okendo. Hey, Matt. Hey, how you doing? Doing well, man. Again, thank you so much for for joining. And as always, I'm also joined by my lovely co-host, Mariah. Hey, Mariah. (laughs) Hi, everyone. Um, So, Matt, we love to start these off. Like I said, super conversational. Love to... um, start with like just you you as a guy you as a person <laughs> so I, I love to ask like our guests uh one or two things that you're excited about in your personal life before we dive into the shop talk yeah no uh first and foremost thank you noah and mariah for having me on i'm, I'm super uh blessed to have this opportunity um i know uh you guys have been growing your podcast audience so thank you uh for just having me on today but um, I love the the first personal question. It's instead of just diving right in, but uh, <laughs> I guess for a, a couple things on my end that uh, I'm excited about is uh, my wife and I have been like aggressively saving over the past couple of years to potentially uh, purchase home in the next couple of months. So um, just right. in that process of like you know looking at homes and thinking about options, I think that's always kind of an exciting time in your life. It's very confusing at the same time, to be honest, <laughs> but um, it's, uh, it's kind of a cool milestone. Um, and then I think just personally, I'm, I'm super excited about this holiday season. Um, I think it's going to be, uh, the past couple of years have been really weird, but I think personally, I think it's going to be an interesting season for uh, brands. And um, I'm excited to see what brands do because I'm a big consumer myself. So um, (laughs) the big holidays and um, I could buy for family, but more importantly for me. (laughs) So you're, you're excited to continue the savings because uh, as a a homeowner for about two years now, I think uh, coming up in October. So yeah, really soon, uh, you know, don't stop saving. I'll just tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) You're nowhere near done saving. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's an exciting time, but um, you know, it's also a crazy market here in the Bay Area in California. But um, you know, you think about uh, home ownership as a teenager or kid, and you start getting right. older, and you're like, oh, this is going to be really exciting. And um, I live in an apartment in San Francisco that doesn't have a yard, and we have two dogs, so mm. I'm very excited to be able to open a door and like be in my bathrobe with my dogs where I don't have to get (laughs) like take them out to the bathroom every morning. So that's that's the dream. So that's awesome. Uh where in the Bay Area are you looking? Anywhere specific or yeah like Oakland. Um more North Bay. Um can never afford actually in SF proper, but you know, uh stay here in the Bay Area, which is a a great place to live. For sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, a testament to what you've probably done 
up until this point, and that's probably a great transition. I'd love to hear a little bit about your career so far and uh, roll that into your per- your your current position at Okendo. Yeah, no, it's uh, kind of interesting. So I've uh, I came up to SF I got two thousand eight or nine um, to finish school. I went to SF State, um, but right when I got out of school, um, pretty much every college grad goes through like, well, what the hell do I do now? Um, but I ended up uh, finding a job, and how I got into e-commerce was actually uh, working for a company called My Book Buyer. Um, it's like a textbook buyback company that we would buy textbooks from people and then relist it on our own website or on Amazon. Um, and I basically built the whole website, the backend processing. Uh, was doing some like early on, you know, this is like 2012, I want to say. Uh, like early on Facebook ads, like really, really like kind of learning some of the nitty gritty, even though it wasn't a a direct to consumer brand, it still gave me some background. Um, I had a a short stint at uh, Intuit. Um, It was just a branch of Intuit for a little while, which was um, gave me a little taste of the corporate world, but it it just wasn't for me, which I think a lot of people would uh, agree with. But um, I always kind of had that like e-commerce thought in the back of my head. So um, I ended up actually running into um, uh, opportunity at a company called Justuno. Um, I'm sure you guys are partners with them. Um, I was one of the first uh, hires to kind of manage sales. And, um, you know, that was a team of like five at the time, 10. We were, we were super small. And um, at the time, this is like 2013, 14, uh, we were doing like, you know, Facebook likes to get a coupon. Um, now it's <laughs> no pop-ups, but it used to yeah. be like, post on Twitter and give us a Facebook like. And, um you know, it was it was kind of a cool experience because I got to get more exposure to like D2C brands. And um, at that time, it was, you know, online shopping was starting to take off a lot in 2013, 14. And um, you saw a lot of direct consumers start to scale businesses through, you know, effective paid media and email marketing. And uh, it was really kind of a changing landscape. And I was like, this is what I want to be in. Like, this is like a cool industry. And, um, you know, I'm a consumer every day. So I... Uh, I just like fell in love with it and did sales for about a year. Uh, but uh, my CEO at the time, Eric, he came to me one day and it was like, we need a partner program. And he basically came to me with a sheet, uh, a Google sheet of like all these random email addresses from agencies and tech partners. And he was like, figure something out. And um, at the time, partnerships wasn't really even kind of a big category, right? right. Um, you know, the, yeah, the, I'd argue it's still sort of in its infancy, right? <laughs> like, you know, it's crazy to see the, the progression. I mean, back then, um, Shopify <laughs> had a, a partner team. I remember Bronto, which isn't in, in existence anymore, but that yeah, was like Oracle standard of, uh, you know, partnerships. So built a, built a partner program, was there for a while, had a short stint at ShipBob as well, which was a, a good learning experience. And then, um, landed here at Okendo, uh, earlier this year to kind of manage technology partnerships and, it's been uh, a great job kind of learning about integrations, um, also like working with partners to kind of create co-branded stories and help merchants with their tech stack. And, um, you know, it's been a really cool experience. And also I get to work with people like, you know, which is uh, always a big plus. So, um, you know, it's been kind of a crazy partnership progression over the years. And, um, you know, seeing that I, I've been in partnerships since like 2015, I want to say, or even a little before that, like, I do sometimes feel like a dinosaur, but uh, <laughs> it's, also, uh, it's also great to see that like there's such a big e-commerce partner network now, right? Like you know they had the Catalyst thing in Miami, 
Crossbeam came out and now it's like a whole conference. Like right. uh, it, it's cool to be a part of this community and um, really see like really bright and intelligent people bring stuff to the space that, um, you know, is fun to be a part of. So yeah, it's kind of a cool trajectory, but e-commerce is uh, awesome. And I just love being a part of it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I I uh, ha- had a similar experience where I went to the enterprise side after being like in entrenched in the startup world in my in the first part of my career. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I honestly wouldn't say that I like hated it, but uh, one of the big reasons I came to Malumbo was to get back into like more of the startup grind. Um, mm-hmm. And I actually just connected with our CEO yesterday <laughs> and was telling him like, I just told, I forget if it was my friend or, or my girlfriend, but I literally was just talking about how happy I am that I made the move. Like it is just so much more my speed and like seeing the impact a lot more clearly, I think is yeah. important to me as well, which sounds like is, is with you too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious uh, in that first gig that you were at, you, you dove right into like building a website and Facebook ads. Is that what you actually studied in school or were you picking that up from scratch? Yeah. So I, I actually went to school for like business management, which is kind of wow. overall, you know, yeah. a little bit of everything. Right. Um, which is great. And then, um, you know, I met that guy, I think it was a Craigslist ad. Um, <laughs> I just randomly applied and, um, you know, I met him in the back of this random warehouse and <laughs> um, this is the second guest we've had that said they found their job on Craigslist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> it an emerging like, pattern. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely uh, was back then, you know, it was like it, LinkedIn was still in, in its infancy days. So, um, yeah, you know, just kind of found it. And then he brought me on to kind of manage uh, just kind of the transactional stuff at first. And then um, he was like really struggling with getting people to like find him on Google, on, you know, ads. He was doing some ads, but it wasn't really working that well. And um, I just kind of took ownership. I was like, I might as well just try this out. And um, he gave me free reign, which I think I, looking back, I really appreciated because it, it gave me more of a, a foundation of like what to do. And um, I, I believe he actually sold his business from what I recall past a couple of years ago, but um, I got a pretty good foundation. I think we built it on WordPress, which was super wow. simple at the time. And then yeah. um, learning Facebook ads on the fly was like, it was such a wild, wild west back then, but it worked. Um, so, you know, it was a, a good learning experience. For sure. I'm sure had a big impact on ending up as director of partnerships at Okendo. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I know you mentioned just, you know, too, we're actually launching our first like actual live integration uh, mm-hmm. with one of our joint clients where they're going to do SMS capture on their order tracking page, which we were super pumped about because we think there's a huge opportunity there. Um, but yeah, diving a little bit more into to Okendo, I think, you know, uh, you're much more established, I think, than Maloma. Been around a little bit longer, but in case some of our audience doesn't know about you, could you give us a little overview of, you know, who it's built for and the problem that Okendo solves? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Okendo is a, a customer marketing platform. It, it really just enables brands to grow quicker and stronger with like building customer relationships. Um, brands can really just gain like a lot of like actionable insights based upon customer like preferences and behaviors. Uh, we can drive customer advocacy and drive more personalized experiences. Um, you know, we are actually built uh, exclusively for Shopify and Shopify plus brands. We work with about 6,000 plus of them, including Skims, 
Magic Spoon, like First Form. Um, and we've uh, actually really just helped brands leverage their most important asset, which is their customers. And that's collecting reviews, displaying them on site, connecting them to your channels like Klaviyo, Attentive, uh, so you can make more personalized you know, emails or recommendations. And um, really what I like about Okendo and why I joined earlier this year was that um, in this space, uh, this considering a lot of like how iOS and Facebook updates have like really dramatically changed over the past two or three years, and it's going to continue to change with privacy laws. Um, really, you can't scale a business like it was when I first started. Like we used to just throw Facebook ads at lookalike audiences, and we grew that my book buyer to a pretty good size. But um, you can't do that anymore, right? You need customer insights. You need customer data. You need them to provide that information so that you can be more effective with your retention marketing. So um, that's really why I joined Okendo. And really, Okendo is built for anyone, really. Like, if you think about um, your consumer behaviors day to day, like, how often do you read reviews when you go to a new site? You know, like, you go down and you see um, what people are talking about, how they're rating products. You do that on Amazon, you do that on D2C, um, you do that when you go out to eat. Um, so I, that's really what excites me about reviews is that it can be not only uh, an effective channel for your business um, at collecting data, but it can be an effective channel at influencing people's behaviors when they're purchasing and really aligning their decision based upon uh, similar similarities between other people that have submitted reviews. So um, yeah, we're excited. We got a lot of new stuff coming out in the next couple of weeks that are uh, going to be pretty interesting as well. But um, I like to think of it as two components. We're like a customer data platform. We collect a lot of really cool customer data. And then we also really help with like your review strategy and performance. So um, yeah, that's a kind of the a long-winded answer, but uh, that's that's kind of the way I think of Okendo. That is an awesome overview. Um, and I know, you know, we're standing up or already have some Okendo review integrations on order tracking pages recently, which is really awesome to see. Um, you, you know, you talked about the whole like idea of getting people to, to purchase based on what others are doing and like what others liked. I'm reading the book influence right now, which is fascinating. Mm -hmm. And one of the chat, the chapter I'm on right now actually is called social proof. Yeah. It's like one of the four or five levers of influence that they talk about. It's right up, uh, right up Okendo's alley. I think the whole idea yeah. is like the, the more people, I think the section I read last night was literally called like, their strength in numbers and like social proofs good, but the more social proof, the better. And I think that's pretty much Okendo's mission. Um, I'm curious if you have any like top of mind, real life examples of this working in the wild or even just like overall metrics that you've seen in terms of how social proof impacts, impacts like buyer behavior. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think it's something like 95% of people read reviews before purchasing from a new site. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, people read reviews. We also notice that when people um, click on reviews and like sort them out by maybe like UGC or photos um, or, you know, with something that's unique to you, Okendo is we collect a lot of attributes on the review submission. So like instead of just regular five stars, mm. um, you can ask your customers to say, you know, what did you use the shirt for? Is it like for workout or just regular wearing or like a, a bunch of different attributes that you would find relevant as a brand. Um, but what people do when they look at that review widget and sort it out based around their own characteristics is that uh, we find that people add to the uh, cart at a higher percentage. 
Um, they stay on site longer. Um, people have that, like you mentioned, the social proof. It, it's just kind of a, a way to, you know, psychologically get over that initial barrier. You know, um, I always relate a lot of things to e-commerce, like big box stores, you know, or like any type of store. Yeah. Like when you walk into a cake store, um, there's a bunch of cakes all over the place. They all look great, um, but you don't really know which flavor is which or like what's kind of the specialty when you talk to somebody behind the counter, um, you know, you get a better sense and you might make a decision. I, I kind of think of the same thing as reviews, you know, like you'll look at a lot of products, you'll read some reviews, you kind of get a better sense. Maybe um, if you're a good brand, you're doing some personalization or on-site messaging to kind of like help me get over that, I guess, that friction towards a purchase. Um, so that's really what we see a lot with our brands is that when they use a lot of effective review displays, um, not only in uh, on site, but in email or SMS or whatever it may be, um, you're going to get higher engagement and higher overall conversions because it's it's really just creating trust. And um, that's hard to do through a screen, you know, um, right. and we click through so much as consumers. So I click through ads, I click through emails, I'll browse stuff really quickly, um, whatever you can do to kind of like alleviate my concerns in that that same session. Um, I think you're just going to increase your opportunities for purchases. And, um, you know, we have a lot of really cool data on our site um, that you guys can check out. A lot of really good ebooks from partners that we work with that mention the same type of thing. Uh, when you add that social proof, it really does, um, you know, engage your customers better. Yeah, I love that point that you brought up that like the in-person cake example, I think that's great. And even with apparel, it's like in-person, the mm. shopping experience does look different because virtually, like you said, across the screen, it's so much harder to know, like to see the product that you have. So the social proof kind of is a substitute virtually for like, oh, you're in a store, you can try it on, you can like feel the fabric, you can see it in person, like see how it is on you. So I mm. love that, that little, um, that little point or that example of like seeing cakes, like you can see them all visually, but social proof adds and takes away some of that. It adds a lot of validation to a product and takes away some of that stress. Mm -hmm. That's like, Oh, I'm purchasing this. Is it going to actually, are my expectations of what's online going to be met with what product will actually arrive at my house? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting too, when you look at like the number of reviews, like if there's I'm sure you see it on like Amazon or even on D2C sites, like there's a product and it only has five uh, reviews and it's like five stars and you're like, oh, okay, like, I guess it's kind of good. But then you see the same product listed somewhere else, but it has 20,000 reviews and it's like maybe 4.1 out of five stars. Like yeah. you lean towards the add more reviews because it's like, well, it's a larger audience. They have more trust towards it. And um, that's just the small, like psychological things. And the same thing when I look on Yelp, when I look for like a, a restaurant, you know, if it has kind of kind of an okay reviews uh, rating, but it has 50,000, it's like, well, there's always going to be kind of some variations um, that you're going to get, but I have a little bit more trust because there's a lot more reviews here. So um, yeah, no, I totally agree. I always, I miss uh, Walmart in the old days. Remember there was that door greeter um, that was super, <laughs> probably don't really have that, but uh, <laughs> It was creating trust. That's what we want to do as brands is you want to create trust. You want to uh, make people feel comfortable with their purchase because especially now with like how the market is and people with inflation and money, like they're going to hold on a little tighter. So um, you got to kind of break that, break down that barrier and say, this is going to be something really good for you. It's going to fit, you know, it's going to be really well uh, for your family or whatever it may be. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a, a great element to try to 
uh, produce. It's not always easy, but it's worth the the effort because it can be a, a huge lift for your brand. Yeah. As, as you were speaking, I've, I have a question for you that came, that came to mind. Do you ever see like within the same brand, a variation between different products, having more reviews versus another product? And how do you like problem solve for that? So like one has like five reviews and then one has like 20 K, you know, I know that's a big disparity, but what does Okendo kind of do to like counter that? Or do you see that's an issue like across different brands? Yeah. You know, you're obviously always going to have like best sellers and the more Mm -hmm. best sellers are going to have more reviews at the end of the day. But, um, you know, we try to advise brands if like there's items that you have maybe a lower review rate, if you do get a purchase, maybe try creating like a less of a review length submission. So instead of asking all these things, like maybe just ask for a star rating and one attribute or uh, make it a little easier for me as a consumer to like leave a review or um, try some different channels for that. So like maybe instead of just sending an email, maybe doing an email and an SMS review request um, just to kind of increase your chances. But um, you know, that's uh, you're always going to have like items that have a lot more reviews than others because they're just best sellers. I think I saw a brand of ours, it was kind of similar. It was like 5,000 on two or three products. And then there was another five or six that were like more new, um, maybe like a new season. So they didn't really mm-hmm. have as many, but um, you know, I think at the end of the day, if you're, you're displaying something, it's going to be more impactful than nothing. Cause you know, right. when you a page that has no reviews um, it's, it's really kind of a, not a turnoff. It's just kind of a, a hesitation. And when you create hesitation psychologically, then um, that's always a big, you know, impact. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. I I love the Yelp example. Like it just, it brings reviews so much to the forefront for me because in the example you just gave where there's no reviews, like there's not a shine hell I'm going to that restaurant. <laughs> but, I use, but I use Yelp all the time when I travel, like especially in places like San Francisco or, or New York, we're going to be there in a couple of weeks for a tenants conference. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I countless times, you know, I'm looking at a restaurant. I saw that it has four star, four and a half star reviews. I'm really excited. Then I see like it, it's been reviewed like less than however, you know, however many in my mind at that point makes sense, less than 10 times. It's like, no way I'm going there. Like, yeah. <laughs> no proof at all, no social proof at all that's going to sort of get me over the line to go there, especially when there's so many options. Right. So, like, that's, you know, very similar, I think, to the e commerce world. Mm, absolutely. And, um, you know, the best thing about reviews is people usually leave them when they're super happy um, or yeah. you know, uh, they might be the alternative. But like, at least if you're collecting that information and just like providing it to customers, it's always going to bring a level of like discomfort. I, I, I hate to keep bringing that up, but like, you know, that's all that's all it is at the end of the day is like creating comfort towards a purchase um, or filling a need that that person's in at the moment. Um, especially for D to C brands, I think that's really kind of a, a way to capitalize is really just creating more comfort towards a purchase. So a hundred percent. Um, yeah, as, as Matt was talking, Mariah, I was thinking at the end of this season, we're going to have to do like, uh, like key takeaways because there's so many recurring themes already. And this is mm-hmm. only the third, but the third episode we're recording for our ecosystem, uh, episodes, but, um, a couple of things that stuck out to me were the zero party data that we just talked about yesterday with tomorrow agency and that episode isn't out yet. So I'm not going to spoil. And also <laughs> he talked a lot about um, the website being like your think of the website as like your in-store salesperson. So like that 
person behind the cake store desk, um, <laughs> the website should function as closely as possible to that personalized experience. And by, um, you know, giving that social proof, I think that's one sort of checkbox to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, no, I, I agree. I think um, a lot of times, and uh, I think brands, it's no fault of their own. They're trying to scale and grow their business. But um, I always kind of recommend to brands, take a step back and think about how you would interact this as a brand new consumer. Um, I think sometimes, you know, you're, you're in the head in the sand, you're trying to fulfill orders, you're sending out an email, you're doing a social post, like if you're an online brand, you got like a thousand different fires to put out every day. Uh, but sometimes like maybe taking that step back and being like, how is this, uh, you know, website build or how is this email going to like help a new consumer build some sort of community or trust with me? Or, you know, if we're doing like a card abandonment email, like how are we going to help them kind of see the, the the light at the end of the tunnel? You know, is it more actionable in that email or not? You know, I think uh, the storefront, uh, you can do so much for conversion op uh, rate optimization in terms of design and display. Uh, but at the end of the day, with uh, you're not adding like social proof or personalized messaging, um, I think you're missing out on an opportunity to make uh, maybe a new consumer or somebody that's still learning about you, um, you know, purchase from you. And uh, I think that's no fault to own that, that brand owners, they got a thousand things going on, but I always like to recommend that to them because it's uh, a good way to kind of like reset. It's like, okay, let's think about how this would be perceived to certain audiences to, you know, make them feel more comfortable. Right. I, I love that you just said the word new consumer, because that's exactly where I want to go next. Um, I'm curious if you, obviously, Retention Chronicles, we like to talk about retention. And so I'm curious um, if you see any distinguish or like distinguishing characteristics between how reviews affect uh, new customers versus repeat customers, and if the strategy for acquisition versus retention changes um, based on a brand's priorities. Yeah, you know, I think with like new consumers, they're probably coming through a variety of methods like paid ads or SEO, or maybe they just found you through a friend and they're just like kind of Google searching you. So um, I think, again, the review display and on the PDP pages or throughout your site are super valuable for new consumers. Um, obviously, you want to capture some sort of email or SMS from that visitor in that session, right? Like you got them there, you want to at mm -hmm. least be able to Re, you know, send them something right. free instead of having to like repay for a retargeted ad. Um, so I think for like new consumers, the the reviews are just definitely there to kind of like um, help build some community or trust early on um, with like existing customers and like retention stuff. Um, we always say, you know, like if you're doing product upsells or cross sells or recommendations through marketing channels, um, maybe add some more social proof. So like, I guess an example is if I bought a, a jacket from your site and then you hit me up like a couple of weeks later after it was delivered and I was getting all my tracking notifications from Malomo for a while and I got my package <laughs> and submitted a review, right? Like I was like, I love this jacket. It's really cool. And then you send me maybe an email like a week or two later um, with like some pants that are relevant to that, that jacket. But if you add maybe like the aggregate star reviews for those pants. It's like, oh, wow, these, this pants has 3000 reviews and it matches my jacket. Um, I might have a little bit more of a, an, I guess, eagerness to purchase that than I would with it if it was just straight picture of a pair of pants. So like right. adding some reviews into your communication channels um, are like a super valuable way to like keep, uh, 
VIP customers or existing customers happy. And um, I think there's a lot of ways you can embed reviews into those channels to kind of create some some urgency or comfort again for uh, you know existing customers. So um, and I think you know personalization is such a wide word nowadays. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of ways that you can make personalized uh, efforts for, you know, large segments of audiences, you know, it doesn't have to be super complicated and you can use really cool tools like rebuy or other ones that uh, kind of help you uh, improve that, you know, um, that process because it, it can be kind of a data uh, tunnel. You can go down and like really get granular, but it might not really mean anything. If you at least attempt some personalization efforts for like some bigger segments of audiences, then um, I think you're going to have a, a much better response. And I think consumers now are really asking for it. You know, five, six years ago, um, if you were trying to do an upsell, like it was just so like manual and and random. Um, now that things are a little more sophisticated, I think um, the technology has helped, but it's also, I think, kind of shifted consumer behaviors in a certain way that um, has been pretty impactful for businesses if they are taking that step. So yeah, I think there's always a, a way to improve and um, you know, I hope some people can take some of these advice today and apply it to their business. Yeah, awesome that you mentioned uh, the the personalized product recommendations because I know we have a couple of clients who have recently, like I mentioned earlier, switched on uh, Okenda reviews on their rebuy widget within mm -hmm. the Malomo tracking pages. And so like even before, you know, a couple of weeks after that first package is arriving, those mm -hmm. reviews are helping to upsell and cross-sell while the package is even on the way. Yeah. Um, and then I forget if it was you and I or me and Eric and Rebuy talking about like the actual data behind the repeat purchase rate, like upsells and cross sells. I, I don't want to butcher it. So I'm not going to say the stat, but if you know, <laughs> feel free to jump in. Uh, see like a tremendously higher repeat, uh, uh, repeat purchase rate if they have reviews associated with it. Um, mm -hmm. which is one of the reasons we were super excited to stand up the Okendo, uh, you know, integration mm -hmm. for, for a few of our merchants who will be really, uh, excited and interested to track what the, uh, what sort of data we're able to find on specifically the order tracking experience. But mm -hmm. to your point, I think it goes well beyond that. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, um, the market is changing, obviously. Um, I think back then, you know, 2015, 16, you can like, I don't know about you, but back then when I was a consumer, I would get so many ads, I'd click through and I would purchase and I would buy from so many different brands. And um, I don't know, the ads experience isn't really as um, relevant as it once was. Um, a lot of times brands are testing out different marketplaces or channels, which is good. But I think overall, like when you buy from a new or like a, a company, um, it's easier to like market and, and retain that customer. And um than for me as a consumer to like maybe search or find a similar product in a similar vertical. Like I would much rather buy from somebody that I already bought from if I had a good experience. Maybe I left a review, had a good shipping experience. I love the product itself than me like searching for another brand that's like something similar. So uh, I think the the market's changing and like a lot of uh, technology uh, in the e-commerce space is leaning into retention. Um, but I think even consumer behaviors is like we once we get into something that we really like is we're going to kind of stick with it, at least for a couple purchases. So, um, you know, it's really cool to see brands kind of leaning into it because back, um, you know, back in 2014, 15, people were just like, let's just scale and grow new customer acquisition. But they kept running into the issue of like, 
run, running off a cliff, right? Like we hit this like Facebook lookalike audience cliff that we can't really <laughs> go anywhere else, right? So it's good to see brands kind of like leaning into it a little bit more. And um, I think just the biggest player in the space, Amazon, they've created such a uh, consumer like perception of like, I'm just going to go there for whatever I need. Um, you know, brands aren't obviously going to repeat that same type of uh, behavior, but if you can get some second, third, fourth, fifth purchases out of somebody, I think that's a huge win. Um, and it's a lot cheaper than it would be, you know, trying to find and acquire new customers. Absolutely. Um, okay. So I, I also wanted to see if there's, I'm not sure what you can share, but <laughs> if there's any, I know that you have a bunch of new stuff in the works at Okendo, if there's anything that you can share about that. And if not, no worries. Yeah, you know, it's uh, really exciting. We've been working uh, a couple months on these products. We just released uh, a Walmart integration where you can syndicate reviews into the Walmart marketplace. We just uh, released a meta integration so you can syndicate reviews into your like Instagram or your Facebook uh, shop. So again, bringing social proof to maybe a different marketplace. Um, but in the coming days, we're going to be launching Opendo Connect, um, which is like a, a really cool uh, uh, I guess just a re-envision of Okendo. So it's really going to enable brands to like collect more mission critical customer intelligence or data, um, especially about like a consumer's preference or behaviors or experiences. Uh, brands can use that insight to craft more like personalized and frictionless experiences that can drive more loyalty and conversions um, and maximize lifetime value. So really, it's it's just a way uh, with Okendo Connect that you'll be able to take more of this data and just be more personalized, which I think what I just mentioned is really what brands are leaning into. Um, with the, with We have like such a, a wide range of powerful solutions that range from uh, specific use cases like profile enrichment, uh, CRO, marketing attribution, customer experience management. Um, this, this Okendo Connect is really going to kind of a way for you to integrate the voice of a customer into every important decision you make. So um, that's just kind of like a 50,000 foot view of, of what it is, but um, it's really going to be, Akendo uh, is really going to be kind of your hub for like customer data and collection, and then being able to like analyze it and use it in a variety of ways. Um, we also have two additional um, platform features that are going to come out that I think is really going to help with that data collection. So Outside of just reviews, we're going to be helping collect like on-site surveys, uh, post-purchase surveys, um, oh, cool. profile questions, conditional questions. Um, so it's really going to help uh, with that data collection. And uh, I think really going to kind of expand uh, our platform outside of this niche we're in. You know, we are the best in class in reviews and um, we realize that reviews is a, a good pillar, but uh, surveys, on-site surveys or questions are also great data collection that we can do. So um, that should be coming in the next week or two. Um, we also have like a whole new branding, whole new look, um, and it's going to be pretty exciting. So just uh, stay tuned and you'll see some pretty cool updates the next week. That is awesome. And if you have any like resources on this, I'm sure we could plug them into show notes afterward, Matt. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I got a, a couple of questions came up and Mariah might have one or two too, but um, starting with uh, Walmart, I'm curious, uh, was that like 
I, I would imagine like most of the time software companies build new uh, feature sets, like it's very much merchant driven. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know, it's, it just doesn't come up on our calls because we always lead with, we are exclusively for, you know, your Shopify, Shopify plus store. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe mm-hmm. I, we just don't hear merchants talk about Walmart very much, but did you basically find that a ton of Shopify merchants all, are also selling on Walmart and that's, that was sort of the impetus for building this or was it like direct client demand that was pushing this? How, why'd you decide to go that route? No, there was a few uh, larger scale merchants that were asking for it. And really, you know, with um, marketplaces like walmart.com, Target, um, other areas, like uh, if you're able to add reviews, it, it helps with like social proof and purchasing. So like a Shopify brand might have two to three products listed on Walmart. Um, they wanted the reviews for that product to be replicated onto their walmart.com listing. Um, the thing with like syndication though, is that every uh, company has their own like rules and regulations on like how it gets syndicated. Um, so it's not really something that you could just like copy paste reviews. Um, it's like a very like uh, embedded process that uh, has to go through a lot of like checks and balances before it gets published. So um, a lot of our bigger Shopify brands are, um, selling on multiple channels. Um, and that's a great strategy to diversify and find, uh, you know, new markets or new customers. Um, but they, uh, I think some of the requests for around Walmart and the meta one were really like, we have some sales, we want to boost sales and we want to do that with like social proof. So can we like import these reviews in there? And, um, we did that with Walmart. It's the same thing with like Facebook, you know, when you click on the shop, section in Facebook. Um, if you have a product listed there as a, a brand, you can add those Akendo reviews there. So um, yeah, it was just kind of a mix of like uh, customer demand and also just really wanting to help those bigger uh, customers really achieve their goals. So um, hopefully we could do more. You know, there's so many different places we can syndicate. And I think that's something we we're probably going to do um, in 2023 and down the road, but Walmart was a big one. Um, we've also like probably scoped out some other ones that uh, are going to be pretty interesting as well. Awesome. Um, that actually, that's fascinating. I would have never thought about like the rules and regulations of reviews on different yeah, um, I didn't you know, marketplaces. I, just, I, had, I had no clue. And then once I was in it, I was like, wow, this is really complex and hard. It doesn't, it shouldn't be, but it is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I also, I, I think that kind of funnels into my second question, actually. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I'm not I'm not as technical, I think, Matt, as you. <laughs> but um, I'm wondering, like, when you're collecting all of these reviews, uh, is, like, the source of truth for those typically Okendo? Or are you also sending that data back to whatever that merchant's CRM is? Or maybe you only work with select CRMs? Like, can you talk about how that data is collected and then stored? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we like to be the the source of truth, at least for the review collection. Uh, but some of the integrations that we have built is taking that data and matching it to certain profiles. So the biggest one right. being video with us. So yeah. um, <laughs> if I was Matt Bingham inside of your Playvio account, um, and you only have my email address, but then I leave a review on this D2C brand, um, that review information plus any like attributes or zero party data that I gave up in that review submission can be synced into Clavio and match my email and customer profile inside of Clavio. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a few select ones, um, hoping we can expand a little bit more, but we really like um, kind of the best in class 
route in terms of tech. So we really focus in on some really cool um, solutions. And really, we kind of chose those platforms based upon the market space, right? Like pretty much every merchant that comes to us is on Shopify using Klaviyo. So we wanted to really help those brands, those 6,000 plus brands. And I would say a majority of them are using something like that. So we want to be the source of truth. We're going to be able to give you with Okendo Connect some insights and some uh, ways to kind of leverage that data. Mm -hmm. uh, but we also realize that like there's other tools that this data could be super valuable for. And we try to sync and send that information over um, into those channels uh, as best we can. So um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's a great way. And I, I really love when platforms do connect that way. And um, we've seen some really cool study case studies from our partners that um, show the value of once they get that rich zero party data that it had a, a big effect in terms of like open rates or clicks or sales or whatever the metric may be um, at the end of the day. So um, I think we've said it a couple of times, it's, it's a way to help retain people is gathering more data and leveraging it. And I think as marketers too, um, you want to make the best decisions as a marketer, instead of just throwing noodles on the wall and kind of seeing what happens, you want to make decisions based around some sort of data or insights that you have from your customers or whatever platform. So yeah, it's a kind of a interesting uh, aspect. And I, I think it's a, a big impact in whatever channel you're trying to market towards. Yeah. That's super fascinating. Like with all the, with all the feature updates and releases and everything, um, it's interesting that Noah, your mind went to Walmart. My mind went to like Meta and what the the Meta integration and what that experience looks like. So, question for you, Matt. In terms of, and apologies if you said this, but when like someone is going to like shop on Facebook, right? Is it they can review like directly on the app with the integration so like you're staying in facebook or do, does it take you back to like a brand's website or what does mm -hmm. that experience look like yeah if you notice on like when you're on maybe a brand's uh instagram page they might mm -hmm. have like an instagram store uh, that yeah. you click um so when you open that up and there's like a product for a shirt or a pair of pants you you'll be able to see the embedded like reviews underneath those product listings which you couldn't before um, right, so gotcha. it's just really kind of, again, bringing social proof to a new marketplace or channel. And um, I think brands are trying to find new channels and meta mm -hmm. Instagram shops have become kind of a newer trend in the past couple of years. And um, I've bought one or two uh, just random brands. I've bought one or two. So um, it'll be interesting to see how five years from now, is that where people are leaning in more compared to going to like a D2C shop? Um, mm -hmm. I think brands probably want them to come more to their D2C shop, but if they get a sale at the end of the day, like who cares where they bought it from? Um, and right. I, I say that tagline all the, all the time. Some people are like, you know, trying to find out the attribution model or, you know, maybe they used a, a discount code from a pop-up that they got. Um, you know, sometimes like we're losing margins. I'm like, well, you got one sale that you probably wouldn't have gotten anyway. So like, <laughs> so <laughs> like take it as a win. <laughs> win. So um, yeah. yeah, it's interesting. Um, so we'll see what happens with Meta in the next couple of months. Mm -hmm. And then, so if you purchase on Instagram, say, and then like, is there any sort of follow-up or like pop up in the app to be like, oh, review, or I guess you wouldn't have the product yet. Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah you'd have to wait. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You usually wait until the product's like either delivered and then you wait X amount of days. It's usually like three to seven days yeah. window because you mm -hmm. 
obviously want that window of like it's new and fresh, but also like give people a chance for returns or whatever it may be. But um, you could set that all up inside of Okendo with the review request and right. Uh, so. And automate it. Yeah. I do yeah. also want to mention that we're currently speaking about this, but when the product uh, features are actually released, it'll be um, public knowledge. Cause we, I, I made a side <laughs> night to mention that cause we've been saying like, Oh, like next week they'll mm -hmm. be released. So we're recording end of September and this will be yeah. published early October. So yeah. just want to <laughs> clarify all that for listeners. If, <laughs> if that was hard to follow in the intro, yeah. um, but that's, yeah. that's super great. Yeah. Very yeah, exciting we'll stuff. Very exciting. I think it's a great time of year to do it right before the holidays. And, um, you know, the the early beta users and the testing we've had has been like phenomenal. Um, wow. Some of the agencies that we work with are like super excited. So um, we're really excited to see when it goes to market and what our, you know, our whole database says, because it's going to be a pretty, pretty big update. And um, I think it's really going to help us kind of expand outside of just reviews. We'll be a little bit more of a robust platform, which, um, it's exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm really pumped for it. So mm -hmm. Mariah, you killed me on the Walmart burst meta thing. <laughs> like I'm struggling. I'm struggling so hard already that I turned 30 <laughs> years old next week <laughs> and you just absolutely crushed me. <laughs> I didn't even think about that too. <laughs> I was just like, Oh my God. Like I'm so like, I was like, I want to hear more about the, <laughs> the meta. <laughs> yeah. All right, oh, before I before I lose it. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before before Noah and I have to go fight offline. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh let's let's bring it back to the personal side, Matt. I think um this was awesome. We we are so lucky to have you on and and all of like I just think it's so dope that we like get to have so like such smart people on this. <laughs> um, and so like, I like to ask rather than like something specific to Okendo or even e-commerce, which you could talk about that. Like mm -hmm. what's one tip uh, you have a resource that you'd recommend that you feel like has been like impactful or that you'd recommend uh, for, for your career. Okay. Oh, interesting. Um, you know, I wouldn't say it's anything like a specific book or, um, you know, blog or something. I think uh, the thing that's really kind of helped me in my career is like really just asking people about their own experiences. Um, you know, we've had a couple one-on-ones, Noah, that I've gotten to know you and um, we've talked about you guys building out your partner program. And like, right. um, I think just hearing from people in the space has been like a really great learning tool for not only building relationships and getting to know people because it's hard, you know, we're all on zoom every day, like talking to people across the country. Um, it's a great way to like help build relationships, but I think it helps build your own like ideas of like what you might want to do. Um, and I think also like leaning into a lot of like mentors or people in the space. So like uh, one of my favorite people that I worked with for a year or two, uh, her name was Jamie Tharp. She was one of the original like Bronto partnership people. She came to uh, Justuno for a while. Um, you know, she's been in partnership since like 2009 or 10. So like I learned a lot from her just by mirroring and shadowing her, but also like asking stupid, dumb questions that uh, maybe <laughs> some people are afraid to ask sometimes. I, I just kind of blurt it out and be like, well, what is this? Or how does this work? And um, mentors are kind of a, a great thing to do. And um and even though they're not mentors, I think following people in the space as well, you know, like um, John Pruitt from Dacity, I follow him on LinkedIn. 
Um, you know, you see other people pop up, uh, Jeremy Horowitz from Gorgeous, like he's always yeah. posting things, Marco from Whiplash, um, yeah. posting things. So like, I think it's just exposing yourself to a lot of information, um, especially in your vertical or niche, whether it's marketing or CSM or sales or partnerships, whatever it may be, is like really a great way to like take that information and then find your own path. And I think that's um, one thing that sometimes I think a lot of people try to do is like, oh, I'm going to copy this and kind of do it that way, um, which is fine. There's going to be times you can do that, but I think it's also important to like retain a lot of information and say, let's try something else and uh, maybe be fast to fail, you know, try something and see if it works. And if it doesn't, then, you know, kind of move on. So um, I don't really have like a specific book that I, you know, lean yeah. into, like change my whole perception of the world. I think it's just more people. Um, and I, I think that's really kind of at the end of the day where you learn the most is on uh, on the fly, intangible talking day to day with everybody. So um, yeah, that would be my advice. Just like soak up everything you can talk to whoever will listen to you and um, you know, what, what's the saying? You have two ears and one mouth. So <laughs> yeah, keep that in mind. <laughs> I, was, and so. I, I love that answer so much, uh, especially because I can relate. I mean, I was brand new to e-commerce really about five months ago and wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be comfortable enough to be host co-hosting this podcast, right? Like if I didn't have the network that I was able to build and like the kind people around me who were willing to share their experiences, you being a major one of those, like, you know, we, uh, we haven't only talked about tech partnerships, but we've talked about agencies and the ecosystem overall and many other, uh, leaders in the space have been super kind to give me their time as I sort of, uh, learn the ropes. And yeah. like, I, I would say that that's probably been the biggest impact on me personally too especially because like i'm a one-man team here um and so without without the others willing to help uh, it'd be really really hard yeah no you'd be surprised people will be willing to help even competitors if you talk to them they'll they'll be willing to chat with you like i mean um you know people at the end of the day want to help people even though we're in kind of a weird society moment i guess in the past <laughs> 10 years with covid and all these changes and things like that right. but I think at the end of the day, most people want to help each other. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's, it's hard to ask, you know, it, it's hard to ask sometimes, but, um, it's worth asking because, um, you know, what's, what's the worst that's going to happen? Say no. And then you just move on. So, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, well, this has been super fun, Matt. I super pumped to share, uh, with the audience, great insights, um, great career story, great advice at the end. So really appreciate you and, and for your time today. No, that thank you for having me on. Um, thank you for partnering with us. I'm excited to kind of continue to work with you guys and, um, you know, for brands listening, good luck with Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Um, I think it's, you know, a great time of year for your brand to grow and, um, yeah, we'll see how it comes out at the other side in 2023. <laughs> Very exciting stuff. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. Thank you.